0: Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. If you are a guest with us this morning, and uh, we have a section in our bulletin that you can fill out some information about yourself and your family and tear that off and place that in the offering place that comes by a little later in the service, but we're glad that you're here today. The flowers that you see in the sanctuary this morning are placed in honor of Bob and Rose Blackburn for their 60th wedding anniversary on July 1st by their children and grandchildren. What a great milestone. Happy anniversary, Bob and Rose. I uh, want to remind you of a special activity this week on Thursday. Uh, Ellen wanted me to mention that the uh, children's, or excuse me, the, the Pork Chop Productions presents the tortoise and the hare here in our LEC. And this is in affiliation or association with the library, the Ruby C. Hunt Library. They were needing a stage in a large area to do this, and we are delighted to host this. This will be a full production of makeup and drama, I mean, you know, and skits and props and all of this. And so everyone is invited. The children will have the floor. Uh, There will be some chairs around for for adults to sit in, or you're welcome to join the children in the floor. But uh, bring a blanket if you and your children want to come and enjoy that from the floor. But that will be in the LEC on Thursday at 1030. Uh, it says 1030 to 1, but that is Ellen's entire time. She's gonna t- we're going to take the kids, or she's going to take the kids after the program is over uh, to eat some pizza, and we'll be back here by 1 o'clock. So, but the program will not last from 1030 to 1. I think it's around an hour. So uh, be mindful of that. The church offices will be closed tomorrow uh, as um, uh, the uh, fourth holiday. And uh, there are other activities this week, and so please be mindful of those. We will have prayer meeting. But again, we're glad that you're here today. Uh, Let me just put a quick plug in. Next Sunday, uh, we'll begin our spiritual growth series on Psalms. The church has been challenged over the last several weeks to be reading in Psalms, and so I hope you have been doing that. It's just a great activity that we can all be doing together as we are in various places uh, each week. And as we travel, that's something that we can be enjoying together as we read through the Psalms uh, this morning. Also, just want to say that uh, we had a great week here with our first-ever art and music camp here at Bowling Springs. We had 23 children, 24 I think total, participate in uh, art classes, drama, bells, uh, ribbons, and guitar it was a big hit uh, with our guest Kate Oliphant, who was a uh, student here at Garden Web many years ago and went on to ECU with her masters in guitar performance. But it was an absolutely wonderful week. The kids did a little concert on Thursday in the Lighthouse Room, and we're so grateful that uh, there are some parents that are being asked, I think now, to buy guitars, which is exciting. But uh, again, we're glad that you're here for worship today. And let us uh, continue with our prelude.
1: Good morning, I'm Justin, this is my wife Stephanie, and we'll be reading Psalm 96. It's on page 519 in the Pew Bible, if you want to turn there. Um, And I'll be reading from the NRSV version. I'll give you a minute to turn there, because I always hate when somebody starts reading right before you get time to get there, you know what I'm saying? So, Psalm 96. O sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be revered above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him; strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples; ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory; do His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts.
2: Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Tremble before Him, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord is King. The, wor- the world is firmly established, and it shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy for the, before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. how are you today we're so glad to have you as a visitor thank you for coming down and we know you miss georgia aren't you you're so excited always to be down here okay all right i have another prize in my bag now just hold on to them don't eat them yet okay all right Our scripture today comes from Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 and it's going to talk about somebody who is our friend. So do not be afraid I am with you. Do not be terrified I am your God. I will make you strong and help you. I will hold you safe in my hands. I will always do what is right. Now, in your bag, you have gummies, lifesavers. And what is a lifesaver? Something that's going to save you, isn't it? Well, I want you to take one of them out and put it right on the tip of your finger. Can you do that? Yes, you may. Just don't eat it yet. that on your finger like a ring put it on your finger like a ring okay hold on there you go okay just barely all right it's a little bit hard but what I want you to do is remember this is a circle in it sort of gummy but our pat don't eat it yet wait just a minute sometimes we think of the ring about love and when we get married But what I want you to think about is the ring and your friends. This week at camp, we made lots of new friends. And in August, you're going to make friends in school. And our friends are sort of like this gummy bear, gummy worm, gummy lifesaver. They stick with us. Sometimes they bend, and sometimes we get mad. Sometimes we go back away from them, and then we come back. And growing up, you have lots of friends. And as you get older, some of your friends turn into best friends. And when you push on that gummy, they spring back and they stay with you. In our Bible verse today, talked about a best friend that you and Georgia and I and everybody in church shared together. Can you tell me who you might think that best friend might be? How about God? Is God our best friend? He is, isn't he? And sometimes we get mad at God. Sometimes he doesn't answer our prayers just when we want him to. But you know what? He springs right back to us, and he lifts us up. He hugs us tight, and he shows us lots of love, doesn't he? So today, our best friend in our ring of love is God. Don't we need to... Remember that, don't we? Can you say, thank you, God, for being my best friend?
3: Thank you, God, for being my best friend. Thank you.
2: So let us pray. Thank you, God, for being our best friend. Thank you, God, for sticking with us. Thank you, God, for sticking with us. when sometimes we get mad and frustrated but we always have you lord to lift us up to hug us and fill us with your love thank you lord for these children and for the love that they have for you keep them safe watch over them it's in your son's name jesus that we say amen
0: before i pray i'd like to invite you at the end of my prayer uh, i will not say amen but we'll ask you or um, go into the lord's prayer and you can say that with me uh, at the conclusion of that time let's pray together this morning father as we have read through psalm 96 this morning lord we're reminded that there are times when we're good at declaring your glory in the midst of your people we proclaim your greatness and worship we sing songs and hymns of praise. We preach your grace and we celebrate your wonderful works together. But yet this psalm also reminds us and calls us to declare your glory not only among those who know you, but also among those who do not. You would have sent us into this world to bring or to be bearers of the good news of your marvelous works. and Most of all, your salvation through Jesus Christ, your son. Lord, help us to be faithful, to tell the world how much you care and how much you have sacrificed for their sake as we reach out with the gospel help us never to lose sight of your glory may we be unhesitating in proclaiming your wonders and may you indeed be glorified in our words and our deeds not only this day but as we go about our coming week father we have so much to be thankful for as a people and lord we praise you father for how you meet needs and how you work in our hearts and in our lives And among those within our families and communities father we're grateful for the country that we live in and we're mindful of the many men and women who serve not only here at home but around the world to protect our freedoms and lord not only that but lord to help other countries as well father protect our men and women in uniform provide for their needs and father may they feel your peace and presence as a result of the prayers of your people this morning Father, we lift up this day to you and we ask that every song that is sung and prayer that's prayed, every scripture verse that's read, everything that we've done would be done to bring you honor and glory. Father, hear now our prayer that we pray together that you taught your people. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
4: Pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for these wonderful moments that we are privileged to gather together. We come acknowledging you, Lord, as the creator, the sustainer of all all the world. We pray, O Lord, for ourselves as we would become your ambassadors, your emissaries to the world. May we show truth, justice, and mercy in ways that would be keeping with thy Son, Jesus Christ. We pray, O Lord, for the gifts and the offerings that we now take. We're grateful, Lord, that they might be used to further your kingdom in ways both great and small. Thank you, Lord, for the possibility of change. And may these acts of devotion and dedication that we're privileged to participate in be the moments of our growth and opportunity for service. In thy powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: thank you for that, Roger. I'm going to ask you to turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis. I don't know the page number, but it's the first book. <laughs> um, Genesis chapter 39, and uh, we'll be reading a section of the story, the narrative of uh, that is that we know to be Joseph. And uh, let me just take the liberty to say this. If I get in trouble for it, then I'll have to fess or pay up, but if you don 't have a Bible in your home, you take one home with you from the church pew this morning i don 't think i 've ever said that in a service before, but if I get fussed at the pastor said for people to take bibles home that 's okay i'll let you, you fuss at me and i 'll pay and we'll put some more in the pew so uh, if you don't have one at home uh, and you, you feel free to take one home with you. But Genesis 39, I'll be reading verses 1 and 2, and then we'll skip down to verse 5 and, and read for a few verses. But uh, we introduced the story of Joseph last week. Uh, well, we, we focused on the story. I didn't introduce it. Many of you know it. But, we, uh, but we're going to focus on this one aspect of it uh, this day. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Again, this is Genesis 39. Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard... Bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Down to verse 5. It came about that from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge. And with him there he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, with with me here my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? As she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her and lie beside her or be with her. Now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the household was there inside. She caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought in a Hebrew to us to make sport of us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I screamed. When he heard that I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. So she left his garment beside her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with these words, The Hebrew slave whom you brought to us came in to make sport of me. And as I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment inside me, beside me, and fled outside. Now when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spoke to him, saying, This is what your slave did to me, his anger burned. So Joseph's master took him and put him into the jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the jail.
5: God my God I cry out, your beloved needs you now. God be near, calm my fears, and take my doubt. Your kindness is what pulls me up. Your love is all that draws me in. I will lift my eyes to the maker of the mountains I can't climb. I will lift my eyes to the calmer of the oceans raging wild. I will lift my eyes to... God, my God, let mercy sing her melody over me. And God, right here, all I bring is all of me. Your kindness is what pulls me up. Your love is all that draws me in. I will lift my eyes to the maker of the mountains I can't climb. I will lift my eyes to the calmer of the oceans raging wild. I will lift my eyes. Save me and you bash in the earth and you hold it together in God and hold me now. I will lift my eyes to the maker of the mountains I can climb. I will lift my eyes to the common. O'er the ocean raging wild. I will lift my eyes to the healer of the hurt I hold inside. I will lift my eyes, lift my eyes to you. my god i cry out your beloved needs you now
0: of that song i will lift my eyes as god's people i love the first uh, and closing lyrics of that song it says your beloved needs you now and i've always enjoyed hearing that so thank you terry for blessing us this morning with that uh the the sermon series we've been on for several weeks is charting the course help for navigating life's journey Uh, each of us are called to walk a different journey but i hope and pray that your journey uh, that our journey together uh, includes that of christ and following him and knowing what it means to know him and to follow him and so we've taken a look back in some characters of the old testament that typically we look at uh, a little more so maybe in sunday school uh, in, in small group settings, and maybe not so much from the pulpit on Sunday mornings, but that's where we have found ourselves this summer. We've looked at Abraham and Jacob, and we've spent some time with David on Father's Day and uh, kind of got out of order there, but been looking at Joseph last week and again today. And I think we have a timely message uh, from God's Word today with this passage of Joseph and the temptation with Potiphar's wife. I've given the, the title, a, uh, or the sermon title, a, a subtitle, if you will, uh, and that's don't bite the bait. Don't bite the bait. And we'll get into that a little bit more in, in just a moment. But Joseph was a good man. He was favored by his father Jacob. He was the favored son. He wasn't looking for trouble, but trouble sure found him. And uh, the brothers, I think, like I said last week, if there was one flaw with Joseph, it's that maybe he didn't uh, realize the damage that favoritism does within a family and seek to maybe endear himself a little more to his brothers. His brother saw him coming when his father sent him to check on them out, into, out in the field, and the brothers decided to kill him. But then one said, no, let's not kill him. Let's put him in this cistern. Let's put him in this pit. And so they did that, and they said, well, let's, let's just not leave him here to die. That doesn't do us any good. But let's sell him to these Ishmaelites, these Midianite traders that were coming through. And so they did. They, in turn, sold him to the captain of Pharaoh's army, Potiphar. And Joseph was, again, as it's said in Scripture there, was found to be a handsome uh, fellow and was uh, gained great favor. God's hand was obviously on him, and uh, Potiphar put him in charge of everything in his own house. The Scripture tells us the only thing that Joseph had to concern himself with was the food in which he ate. And uh, he had full reign of everything. And so Potiphar's wife, that's where she begins to come in and begins to seduce and begins to tempt Joseph. One of the things we learned last week is that Joseph, more than once, had to experience hard times due to the injustice of others. Uh, he, was, he was keeping his life pure, clean, and honest, and still suffered. Not only was he uh, sold uh, to these Ishmaelite traders, uh, later, as, as we see here at the end of this story with Potiphar's wife, he was thrown in jail, and things aren't looking good for Joseph. But yet, the, the theme first for Joseph's life in Genesis 50, verse 20, it says, what man intended uh, these things to harm me, God intended these things for good, to fulfill a purpose that he had for Joseph. Joseph continued on in faithfulness despite broken dreams and impossible, what seemed to be at times, circumstances. The end of chapter 38, he's now serving in Potiphar's house, and I'll spend the remainder of our time this morning looking at chapter 39 and thinking about temptation that is common to all men. There is not one of us in this place today that has not dealt with temptation, and there is not one of us in this place today that has not given in to temptation at some point. We only know of one who did not, and they crucified him on a cross. But there was only one perfect person that has ever walked the face of this earth. How many fishermen do we have with us this morning? Um, Glad you're here this morning, Tim. (laughs) Uh, But... uh, you, you've, you've heard the reference, don't bite the bait. If, if, um, if, you've, if you've done this, you know how important, if you're a fisherman, you know how important the bait is. It needs to be attractive, it needs to look good for the fish that you're trying to catch. The easiest and the most natural thing for a fish to do when they see good bait is to bite it. Joseph was offered some bait in the form of Potiphar's wife, but he didn't bite. As we think about the temptation and the sermon title this morning, Don't Bite the Bait. The message today is for everyone in this place, for the married, for the unmarried, uh, for the young, the not-so-young, the rich, the not-so-rich, the male, the female, uh, wherever you may find yourself this morning, we are all having to wrestle with the, the subject of temptation. It is inevitable. Just as a rudderless ship is driven this way and that by the wind, so is a man who has not established his roots in the good soil of Jesus Christ, his word, his ways, and his people. And even still, many fall. Yielding to temptation is much easier than resisting it. The path of life is strewn strewn with individuals who who have great remorse and shame because they did yield temptation can wear many faces it can come in the form of material possessions it can be as big as a house and it can be as small as a ring it can take the form of of clothes it can take the form of shoes i better stop there because now we're getting personal right Um, there's not only material temptation but there's personal temptation that of power and and fame a, a name authority control title how many lives have been deeply affected by those who have selfishly pursued a greater name the temptation, as we know in the story today, can also be sensual. And I don't think that needs further definition. Verses 8 and 9 tells us why Joseph stood strong. The first reason was that he was loyal to Potiphar. He was loyal to his superior. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. Joseph was very clear with that. And in the second, he was very loyal to his God. He says, how could I sin against God? Joseph was a young, unmarried man, alone with Potiphar's wife, and the most natural thing in the world would be to yield and would have been to bite the bait that she was alluring him with. God was real to Joseph, and even though the bait was being dropped day after day, Joseph did not yield. The bait is not the problem. The sin, the problem would have been had Joseph had, had Joseph bitten the bait, but he did not. James 1, 13 and 14 reminds us that God doesn't tempt, he tests. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. So if we've read the story in the scripture now, we've, we know kind of what we're dealing with this morning. How does this story relate with our own journey If we are to resist temptation, and if we are to simply not bite the bait, as I have referenced this morning. First thing I want to mention is we must know how to deal with deceptive baits and not entertain deceptive baits. The tempter comes along for each of us, and he knows the right words to use with you. He knows the right words to use with me. He knows where my weaknesses are. He knows where your weaknesses are. We need to know how to deal with the deceptive baits and not entertain these deceptive baits. I heard Tony Evans say years ago, we must starve the flesh and feed the Spirit of God in our lives. If we know those areas where we are weak, let us starve those things. Let us not go near those things. Let us avoid those things. Let us not set ourselves up for failure, but let us starve the flesh and feed the Spirit of God in our lives. How are you feeding the Spirit of God in your life this morning? Are you spending time with Him? Are you looking to him? Are you spending time in prayer and in Bible study and devotion? Are you surrounding yourself with people that can lift you up and can help the spirit of God grow inside of you? There's the old reference that I've uh, mentioned to Aiden sometimes before, but uh, the idea that, you know, things that will help us and how this relates to our own journey is to not play with fire or we will get burned at some point. It may be that we can... Do some things around it, but eventually if we keep continuing to flirt with the fire, we're going to get burned. Don't be half-hearted in dealing with temptation. Where you struggle with it, it may not be where I struggle with it. And where I struggle, it may not be where you struggle. However, let's not be half-hearted in dealing with it. Sometimes we may have to be downright rude about it. We can't play with a snake or with a bear or other a dangerous animal and eventually not suffer the consequences. And the last point that I wanted to mention under this um, is we do not need to be confused by the immediate results. We talked about this a little bit last week, but with Joseph, Joseph found himself in a bad spot for having done the right thing. Joseph stood up to Potiphar's wife by saying no, and yet Potiphar tried to blackmail him. Potiphar's wife tried to blackmail him and keep the robe and say, look, he's tried to come in and make sport of me, and what happened with Joseph? It says that Potiphar burned with anger and threw him in jail with his other prisoners. The the immediate short-term consequences of Joseph's decisions were not good however we know the long-term consequence of his decision was good as the case with you and I as well James 4 7 says resist the devil and he will flee from you the name Charles Spurgeon is is common to many of us in this room this morning he preached in London for 38 years to 10 million people in his lifetime sometimes up to 10 times a week. He had this to say about temptation. What settings are you in when you fall? Avoid them. What props do you have that support your sin? Eliminate them. And what people are you usually with? Avoid them. There are two lies the the enemy wants us to believe. One is just once won't hurt. The second lie is now that you have ruined your life, You are beyond God's use and might as well enjoy sinning. Learn how to say no. It will be more useful to you than knowing how to read Latin. Charles Spurgeon. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. For those that are living living with remorse, shame, because we have yielded, his grace is sufficient. Each of us are accountable and responsible to God. 1 John 1.8 says that if we can confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Chuck Swindoll tells the following story. He says, Some people fall into temptation, but a great many make plans for disaster ahead of time. Son, ordered a father, Don't swim in that canal. Okay, Dad, he answered. But he came home carrying a wet bathing suit that evening. Where have you been? demanded the father. Swimming in the canal, answered the boy. Didn't I tell you not to swim there, asked the father. Yes, sir, answered the boy. Well, then why did you, he asked. Well, dad, he explained, I had my bathing suit with me and I couldn't resist the temptation. Why did you take your bathing suit with you, he questioned. So I'd be prepared to swim in case I was tempted, he replied. (laughs) Too many of us expect to sin and excite sin, and the remedy for such dangerous action It's found in Romans 13, 14, a verse that I remember memorizing when I was in college. Uh, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lust. I want to close with just three thoughts about temptation. Um, There are some, uh, or three categories, if you will. Uh, We're all tempted personally, and I don't know where those weaknesses are for you. Uh, like I said, the, the tempter the, um, is very subtle, and he, he knows where you are weak, he knows where I am weak, and he will do everything in his power uh, to, to, to tempt us, uh, either through other people, either through TV, through images, through relationships, through power struggles, uh, through whatever it may be. But I'm reminded of what uh, Christ said to the church in Ephesus that had lost its first love and he said these three things uh, in regards to resisting personal temptation he says uh, resist renew and redo the things that you did at first I want you to think back this morning of when Christ was very real to you I hope that he is that way now but I would venture to say that all of us have had again those mountaintop experiences where uh, we we just felt the presence of the Lord in a very powerful powerful way what led to that what, were the, what was the environment like? What were the things that you were involved in at the time as far as uh, you know, scripture reading and Bible study, your friends, worship services? Go back and, and, um, and think about those things, meditate on those things. And uh, he tells the church in Ephesus there to resist, to renew, and redo the things that you did at first. But not only when it comes to personal temptation, I want us to think about in what ways today is the church being tempted? Is the church today, the church universal, tempted in any way, I would venture to say that it is. It's tempted in many ways. It's tempted to turn almost exclusively inward. That's a temptation that we have to fight against. We think about our building, we think about our resources, and we think about our people, and we think about our ministries and our, our, our. And if we're not careful, we can look inward and we're no longer focused on those outside. Churches today are dying across our country as a result of focusing inward. Let's not bite the bait and make things all about us the church is also being tempted to use pop psychology in place of the gospel we might experience faster growth if there were certain topics that i avoided or certain topics that i focused on more so than other topics Um, if we forget about these verses that remind us to take up the cross and follow me sometimes things might go better or the you know and remind ourselves that the cross wasn't easy life wasn't easy for joseph it wasn't easy in the beginning. He was, he, again, he was a slave. He was jailed. Uh, according to some preachers today, Joseph was, was not in God's will, if that would be the case. I mean, if it was all about pop psychology and everything always feeling good and going good. Uh, but yet we see here where God was working something in Joseph's life. He was making right decisions, and yet short term, they cost him. The church is tempted to place its comfort ahead of its mission. Connected to this is the church is tempted to minister in ways that it did effectively decades ago and is no longer being creative and praying and innovative about ways it needs to minister in 2016. Let us not fall into that temptation. If there are ways that worked years ago that are still working today, let us continue to follow those and use those in ministering not only among ourselves, but among those outside these walls. But if there are new ways, creative ways, innovative ways that we can minister in 2016 that would help us to be more effective... Let us be open and not tempted to go back to the ways that we have done it, even though they may be ineffective. Last, I would also challenge Bowling Springs Baptist Church to resist the temptation to take shortcuts as we move forward as a church. And, and hopefully in, in soon in the coming weeks or months, uh, we will have a completed staff. We've been working on this. I'm grateful for Alan and Ellen and their uh, joining us and Roger and his new role. And I'm excited about who we have with us and who we will have with us moving forward. And there's that one piece that is yet to be complete of an associate pastor of music and adults. But my hope is, church, is that we don't, or that the church doesn't have the temptation, oh, well, the staff's here now, we've got this person that covers this and this person that does this. Let you and I, let the church at large remain faithful to the cause, faithful to the things and the areas and the giftedness that God has given to each of us. And may we be faithful in using that for his glory, both within these walls and without. And the last thing that I want to mention this morning, and just this is more food for thought for you this weekend, but in what ways are we as a nation being tempted? It seems recently that we are, uh, it's far easier to, to simply do what is easy instead of what is right as a nation. And so I would, this last point of the sermon, I would challenge you to, to help me think about that and feel free to offer your insights me after the service and beyond is we think about in what ways uh, in what ways are is our nation uh, being tempted today and let us stand strong it may not always be easy and the short-term consequences of us making right decisions like joseph we may have to suffer from that but are we willing to make the tough decisions the hard decisions that would be the right decisions as we move forward I don't know how you are this morning in the face of temptation. This may not be something that that you are bothered with today. Maybe you're victorious in every area of this, and it's not a concern for you. But I know for many of us it is. And the the tempter knows our weakness. He knows our weak areas. And my hope and prayer for you and each of us is that we will run, that we will resist, that we will draw our strength from the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. Uh, Maybe music is a great motivation, great inspiration to you. And so maybe it's finding the right music that will help you Maybe it's surrounding yourself with new friends. Uh, I know our youth struggle greatly with uh, being around the wrong friends at times and and being led to, to do things that we would otherwise not do. But what areas are we being weakened? Let us evaluate that. Let us not be deceived by persuasion. And let us not be, again, confused by the immediate results of standing against temptation. In the short term, it may be tough. But long term, God will bless. God will bless your life. And God will bless you in regards to eternity. My hope and prayer for each of you this morning is that you've put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. If you haven't, I invite you to come and to talk with me about that this day. Uh, you may have another need on your heart this morning that uh, is, goes unspoken. I invite you to come and to pray at the altar uh, or to, to talk with me, and I'll be glad to do that this morning. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, it's not just words on a page that, that uh, take up ink and, and, and paper, but Father, Lord, it's living and active, and Father, it can speak to us in ways that other readings simply cannot. Father, we're grateful for your Holy Spirit that speaks to us. Father, we're grateful for your Spirit that gives us the strength to resist temptation. Father, continue to help each of us in this place today as we grow, as we learn, as we learn more about what it means to stand strong. Father, we all struggle in different ways. We're all tempted by different means. Help us to not bite the bait, whatever that bait may be that allures us. Father, help us to put our faith and trust in you and stand strong. I'm grateful, Father, for what you're doing in this place and what you're doing among your people here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. And, Father, help us to be faithful, faithful to use the gifts and the talents and the skills that you have given us that others may draw closer to you. Father, we love you this day. Bless each of those who aren't with us this day, who are out traveling And Father, may they feel uh, your peace and your presence as we pray for them this morning. Father, we love you. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. to see each of you here this morning. Uh, Please speak to someone that you haven't spoken to today before you leave. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your spirit that's been with us this morning. We thank you for the songs and the prayers and your word that's been read. Father, as we leave this place today, help us to take your light and your love into a dark world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.